Throws on first down. It's gathered in by Puka Nakua. On first and goal, Williams takes it in for a Rams touchdown. First and goal from the three. Hand off Williams, and he is in for his second touchdown today. Williams inside the 40. First third down and four. Stafford throws. There he is. Nakua to the end zone. Rams win. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of your East Coast Rams podcast. I am your host, Ashton, here with my awesome, fabulous co-host, Zach. How you doing? Puka! Oh. I'll say about that. Puka Nakua came in clutch at the end. Very, very clutch. Uh, looking forward to breaking down this game, breaking down uh, our game against the Eagles. Uh, some news on that front. So, Zach, uh, let's kind of get into the news. Yeah, so um, we got confirmation today that uh, Sean McVay is activating uh, Cooper Cup um, in the 21-day uh, activation window from IR. So, um, the soonest he can play is going to be this week against the Eagles. Um, along with that, our um, one of the all, um, the outside linebacker, um, Oquan uh, Mathis, uh, will also be in that 21-day activation window as well. Um, so good news there. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the game itself. Um, during the Colts game, uh, Stafford, you know, hurt his hip. Um, all signs, uh, especially Sean McVay says that he doesn't foresee him missing this week's game due to it, nor should he be limited really during practice. Um, some other banged up players, uh, Kyron Williams got also has a hip issue, uh, Tyler Higby with some jammed, jammed thumb. Um, but nothing that, that should sideline anyone for this week. Yeah, some uh, good news about Cooper Cup. Uh, hopefully, everything goes smooth with practice. No re-aggravations, no re-injuries. And uh, we'll see Cup and Puka hopefully on the same field this upcoming week, which we will talk about near the end of the pod. Uh, just before we get into our trip, both me and you were there at the game. Uh, just want you guys, if you can go ahead on YouTube, subscribe, like, comment, uh, tell us your opinions on the Colts game. Tell us what the Rams did good, what the Rams did bad, uh, how much of a heart attack everyone almost had. Uh, we definitely want to hear about it. It helps uh, kind of get us out into the YouTube ether a little bit more. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a comment if you do like our content. Yes. All right, you- Zach. YouTube.com slash at East Coast Rams. Plugging in the URL. Yep. And you can find us on all the social medias at East Coast Rams. Uh, Zach, uh, let's talk about the trip first. Uh, I traveled from Virginia. You live in in Indiana. Uh, You live in Indianapolis. So that was kind of your local area. I came and visited you first time we got to meet in person. And... It was a lot of fun. Uh, how'd everything go for you? And I know you got to take your daughter to the game and do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was it was, it was a great weekend. Um, it was gorgeous weather. Could ha- couldn't have had any perfect uh, weather. I, I think you got some slides that you might want to also throw up too while we while we kind of talk about this. But 
um, it was a it was a great um, environment. Um, the 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 Ram family really showed out this weekend. Um, I, we fans. saw so many fans there um, at the game, and it was just cool. And you see some photos. Uh, it was crazy. Like you know, when I picked you up from the airport, you know, we kind of you you came by my house for a little bit. Then we went and we just kind of walked around, and we went to Lucas Oil Stadium just to kind of see the stadium. And we run uh, we run we run into uh, the first Ram fan that we actually saw was the Canadian Ram ambassador. Um, mm -hmm. so that was, uh, that was really cool. Um, I just, it's just so cool to, to, to meet all of these people. Um, John, John is his name. I, I had to remember that John, the, the Canadian ambassador. Um, so that was really cool. Um, yeah. How did, how did you enjoy it before we start talking to other things? Like this is your first time in Indianapolis. What did you, what did you think? Uh, I, I love the city, man. Uh, it was just so much fun. It was nice meeting up with Dak, uh, meeting the ambassador, uh, running into a few famous people. That was also cool. Uh, Sunday morning when I was walking, I just so happened to walk uh, where the Rams were staying and they were leaving to their buses. So I got a few cool pictures of uh, players up close and stuff like that felt a little weird. Uh, they, they just, you know, it's early in the morning. They just want to get on the bus and people were yelling at them. And I was just like, ah, cool. I get to see you up close. It was just all around great food, great atmosphere. I definitely recommend if people ever get a chance to go Indianapolis, fantastic city. I, uh, I couldn't complain about a single thing. It doesn't hurt that the weather, like you said, was uh, very optimal. Shorts, wearing a jersey, just felt uh, fantastic out there. And and one of the cool things about Indianapolis and why you know a lot of places choose to come here for conventions is everything is so close. The stadium's close to downtown, walking distance from a lot of bars, a lot of restaurants, a lot of hotels. Um, the convention centers downtown. So like everything is so close together. It just makes things easier. It makes it easier for you to be able to see where the players are staying and be able to see them get on their bus. Uh, you see photos, um, you know, we actually ran into DeMarco Farr, um, you know, just walking on the street. We were walking back. Literally, you were going back to your hotel room. I was heading out for the yeah. night and we just saw him on the street with a crew and, you know, we were able to just say hi, chat with them for a minute and, you know, take a photo. And it was, it was really cool. Um, very surreal. Very surreal. And like, like I said, the Rams fan show, the, showed up. Um, oh, so I was I, I flew. Um, I, I was actually in Virginia. Surprisingly, we didn't even see each other there, but I was actually in Virginia. When I flew back, I ran into a member of the RWO, the Rams worldwide order. Um, and, super welcoming um and was like hey find us and we did we we ran into them um at a place called kilroy's and there's a picture of them right there um and uh yeah there, it was just a welcoming group uh the fan the ram fans showed up um it was it's just an experience like none other like i said i went i've been to a colts game before a colts rams game um but we're building this community and it's just so cool to be able to run into people that we we only know from the podcast or for from on Twitter or X, whatever you would call it. Um, 
but it's it's just it's just that cool unique thing that we get to do and like you said we met dakota dak um here on here on x um and um and then david he was the member from the rwo that i that i knew from the airport and it was it was just really cool the fan base was awesome we were pretty close to a lot of rams fans where we sat um and even the colts fans they were nice uh they yeah yeah you know very good when I was at the Bengals, it was kind of like, they were nice too, but like when the flags went out, like they were up in arms, like yelling at all the refs and blah, blah, blah. But it, it was a good atmosphere. It was a great atmosphere. And I, I couldn't have been happier with the, with the, the, the outcome of it, obviously. Yeah. I, I also want to say I've been to three away games for the Rams and this was the most fans I've seen at an away game by far. Uh, we yeah. really kind of showed out. And, you know, I think sometimes that does help the team when they do hear a little bit of, like, juice uh, from the crowd at a away game very clearly. And, um, you know, uh, <laughs> the game itself was a roller coaster. And being there, uh, sometimes when we, we had great seats, so we were able to see a lot of the players. It was kind of hard for us to see certain plays especially because all the touchdown drives happen to be uh, on the other side of the field. Uh, But for the most part, definitely unique experience. I would recommend anyone when you get a chance, if you can afford it, uh, go see a game. It's worth doing it every so often. And uh, it's nice to see other fans and that energy and that experience. You can't, uh, you can't do that at home. It's a different viewing experience and uh, definitely had a lot of fun. It was awesome to meet you too and uh, meet your family uh, and seeing the city. Yeah, it was, it was, like I said, it's, it's, it was a, it's a, a lifetime. This was a lifetime experience, even for us uh, who live here every day. As you see there, you know, my daughter actually got, we actually got on on field passes, me and my daughter did. And um, she was able to meet uh, Weatherspoon and got his autograph. Um, we met uh, Coach Sheila or he was down there on the field. Um, so that was cool. Uh, there's a photo going on that we got to meet JB long, uh, and Stu Jackson. That was awesome. I, I, I kind of was joking with him on Twitter. I was like, you know, sometimes I'm more excited to see you guys and some of the players just because I listen to them and I read their content all the time. Um, and they're, they're there for sometimes longer than most players are there for. So it was really cool. Get to meet them. Um, really cool to be able to, to get like a, uh, you know, an on-field experience. Um, and it was just, it was just cool. The hospitality there was great. Um, it was just, like I said, it was a cool experience. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, one of those things that you'll never, you'll never forget. We definitely will not. Um, now that kind of segues into the game itself, Zach. And, you know, what 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 can I say about this game? It had all the emotions, uh, the home crowd by the end of the second half. Uh, let's say they were not happy. They were starting to boo the Colts. And you know, let's let's give credit to this defense. Uh, they were fantastic, causing a fumble, um, doing all the things right. A lot of three and outs, uh, playing a field position 
Um, we got a little lucky. They missed a field goal near the end of the first half. Uh, offense was able to get two touchdowns, back-to-back drives. First time this year that we've been able to start off a game with 14 points. Very big stuff there. Running the ball more consistently and producing more production while running the ball. Having more than one running back running the ball was a very big key that we talked about. And you know, uh, Puka was able to produce, not even in overtime, just in normal time, was able to produce even while being double covered. Um, a lot of good stuff. It's a tale of two halves. Uh, what's your reaction about the Rams' performance in the game itself? Yeah, I think overall, I mean, they they definitely deserve, you know, um, I would give them, if I gave them a score, probably a B plus. Um, obviously they would have gotten an A if it wasn't for the second half, but the second half, I don't blame, um, I don't blame the Rams as a whole for it. I don't blame Sean McVay. I don't blame Stafford. Um, you know, if I had to put some pressure on somebody, it's probably going to be Maher. Um, you know, he, he did cost us six points, um, when, you know, we have a hurt Stafford, um, you know, we, we were just driving the ball the best we could. We put him in decent field position for him to kick. Um, you know, he missed a 46 and a 48. Um, those should be relatively easy kicks uh, for a kicker, especially in the NFL. Um, but other than that, I, th- I think they played really well. The, you know, the defense can only do so much when they're, on the, when they're just consistently back on the field. Yeah. Um, and holding them to a shutout in the first half was just extraordinary. Um, I think they kind of, I think they kind of blew a couple coverages, especially during the two extra point, uh, the two, two point conversions that the, the Colts got. Um, but other than that, I, I think they, the offense played well, the defense played well, obviously I can't say the special teams played great only because of, you know, Maher. Um, but, it, uh, and again, and, and then it flags. Again. Yeah. And flags. Uh, but it was, uh, Overall, it was a it was a great game, and I'm just glad the Rams won. Like you said, it was a. I mean, shoot, I I probably need to go see a heart doctor after this because it was just, you know, my heart could barely take it um, oh when it was gosh. just getting closer and closer. Um, so we just kept on looking at each other, like, is this really happening right well, now? Well, I told and I told you like right before the half, I was like, we cannot like. I wanted Matt Gay on the field to kick a field goal because I was like, we cannot have them score. And then they get the ball back on the second half. And then they, you know, that was going to give them a momentum and they didn't luck. Luckily Matt Gay missed that field goal. And then they ended up, you know, getting the ball back. And I, I can't remember, maybe it was three and out, but they basically let the ball go. And- uh, they, they got one first down and I think then oh, went out that drive. Uh, but but yeah, I other than that, I th- I think the the Rams played a really well game. Bye-bye. So, I I think the biggest problem, and uh, we can talk about defense first. Biggest problem with defense was linebackers covering, um, especially outside linebackers. They had a lot of open uh, field with the tight ends. I I haven't looked at the share of passes. But I want to say majority was to tight ends whenever Richardson was throwing. Um, 
Now, he did improvise some, and some of his uh, magic came from that improvisation. And that was solid to the wide receivers. But their two tight ends were just living in the middle of the field for us the entire day. And uh, our linebackers got to be got to do better or if it possibly it could have been some of the safeties and cornerbacks not handing off zones correctly mm-hmm. uh, hard to tell when we don't know the play call but got to do better about that uh, Zach what's your take on defense especially in the second half yeah I was kind of looking at those stats and you're right I mean it, it was their tight ends I mean Ogletree he had four targets for and three receptions um Granson uh, oh no, um, Ali Cox. Um, he also he was one for one, um, and then their other tight end, Granson. That was right. Yeah, Granson was right. He had five targets and two receptions. So I mean, they targeted them. Um, you know, seven seven of the twenty four times, uh, and so that just that just tells you that you know that's who they that's who they were going with, and and we saw that over and over again during the play, but. Uh, the defensive, like I said, the defense in the first half played lights out. I mean, you know, you couldn't really expect anything better than 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 what they did. Um, Aaron Donald just being the goat that he is, um, you know, putting that pressure on, uh, putting that pressure on Richardson. Um, so I thought again, like it's just when you go see it live in person, you just see how big and tough these guys are, and it was just really cool to be able to to see the, that defense play, at least in the first half, that strong. Yeah, the run defense, we've been talking about it all year. We've been mentioning it's been weak, it's been weak. And not that Zach Moss is exactly like a world beater, right? He's not like an all-pro running back, but he's good. He's a capable back who's been running on other teams. And they did a good job, not great, but good job at containing Zach Moss and the Colts running game. And their line is not terrible. Uh, Their D-line is not terrible. And I think that's going to be a segue to the offense, Zach. Um, O-line that led uh, six sacks last week. Oh, only let two sacks this week. And one of them was kind of Stafford's fault because he tripped over his own feet. Uh. So, really, they only let up one sack the entire game. Uh, I, I got to give credit to Dotson, the, our, the starting right guard for this game. Fantastic yeah. job. And no boom, he has not looked good at left tackle in previous games. He looked solid, but he was the weakest link for that O-line, in my opinion, this match. And we got to see the left side of the line on most of the game. And that's definitely something of a little bit of a concern. Hopefully Jackson can potentially come back. Uh, But I thought Dotson. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the PFF score, he was the highest rated offensive lineman um, for the Rams that, that this week uh, with 86. So he, he played lights out. Um, unfortunately, Joe Newpoom was, did the worst via PFF, um, you know, with a 44.5. So you definitely can see like, it is kind of worrisome. Like, I mean, he, he has been fine when he was shifted into the guard spot, um, and has, but you know, left tackle is still that interesting thing. Like, yeah, he can play that role and he can get by for a game or two, but like, I, I just don't know if that's the long-term solution. And so, 
bringing in um, Jackson back in, you know, it's going to be very interesting what they do. Are they going to put, are they going to, you know, um, put Dotson back out for a while? Are they going to put no poop in, no boom in? What, what are they going to do? And they, you know, it's the contract part of it says, well, you're going to put in no boom because you played, you paid them all this money, but like you have to, you can't do it just by the contract. Yeah. And, and I think Sean McVay has said it this whole off season, like everyone's fighting for this job and only the best five are going to play. Um, and so I think Dotson has proven himself, at least in this game, it's going to be a tougher challenge um, this next week, but he, he's definitely proven oh, that yeah. he can be that person and be that rock that they're trying to do, especially in this run game that they're trying to get and that they exceeded. I mean, this is the first time, Kyron Williams has hit 100 y- over 100 yards in a game on top of the fact that we had another running back who actually played, you know, um, we didn't have this crazy 100% snap, offensive snaps with one running back. Uh, we got to see Ronnie Rivers play. Um, and so, and not to take anything from Kyron Williams, because, I mean, over 100 yards, two touchdowns, like, he was out there, like, I... I could see him take the hits like he was there protecting Stafford when he could and making the big blocks and then even came down to the end, giving Stafford the time to find Puka uh, for that game winning touchdown. So um, excellent job. And we haven't even gotten to the receivers of it, of it all um, with Puka Nakua, but um, the offensive line played really well. The running backs played really well. Sean McVay did a great job calling this game. Um, I don't care. I know people are mad at him on the second quarter or second half. And we'll talk about that. I want to jump into you real quick. Let's talk about the wide receivers and then I'll come back and talk about my pet peeve with people on Sean McVay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wide receivers. Uh, I, and we can kind of roll in Higby here because you're second in reception. Uh, Puka Nakua. Me and you, I, I would say we were more up on him than most fans were. Like, we liked the pick. Uh, I thought he was going to be a great gadget guy when I got the C-tape because I wasn't aware of him. Um, I watched BYU like two years ago, but he wasn't really prominent then, or at least the games I watched. So I wasn't aware of his name. Got to watch some tape on him after we drafted him. I was like, yeah, he seems like he'll fit in well. Like, as a very good gadget guy, potentially special teamers. Uh, I really liked his route running. Um, Again, I liked him, especially for a fifth-round guy. I did not think he was going to be a top-five wide receiver in the NFL. And anyone who says that outside of his parents uh, or people who watch BYU, I guess, uh, yeah, I I don't believe you. This kid – he is electric to watch. He's the real deal. You could say maybe one game if he did that just one game. Oh uh, yeah, you know, he's you, yeah. you know, he's a one-hit wonder. Uh he just gets a large target share. But it's like one thing doesn't happen because the other. Stafford doesn't throw to any wide receiver for no reason, right? When Cup went out, he didn't just volume target Van Jefferson that year. No. Like, you you just can't ignore the fact that he doesn't volume through to people if they aren't or if they aren't really reaching that potential to receive it. And 
uh, people like uh, I had a coworker be like, oh, he's just doing that because he's getting the target share that Cup normally gets. I'm like, yeah, he's earning that target share. He's making full use of his routes, of his uh, of the plays he's given, and he keeps on producing, so they keep on giving him opportunities, and he's producing even more. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, no, I mean, how, you see that how many wide receivers would have caught that first catch? Oh, none. I mean, that would have been a tipped interception for most players, for most most receivers. I mean, most average. I mean, even elite receivers, that was a hard catch. I mean, that was I call it the the double one-handed catch. Um and so I don't know. I think it's it was and that was when you see it on the field, it's so cool. It was just such a cool catch. Yeah. Um that was right. And then you go watch and replay it. Like it's 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 not as cool because I feel like, you know, I'm watching and I'm like, he just tipped that and then caught it with the same hand. Like he prevented it from going farther and then like reeled it back in with the one hand. Like he didn't even get like, no, most people would like, if they do it, they tap it and they, they get it with one. No, he still caught it and caught it with one hand. So um, he's just such an impressive player. And, you know, it's hard. It's, it's unfair to say he's cup 2.0 cuz cups cup and puka nakua should be puka nakua but they're so similar in just how they're able to get out of their tight school just to be able to get open and be able to catch kind of ridiculous play uh, catches um you know it's cooper clutch like he's always that person who you can guarantee he's going to catch the ball and yes puka has dropped the ball a couple times and missed it but he he doesn't most play, most rookies and most players would like they would they I don't know they 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 wouldn't go back out there and just like perform in an, in another elite level. They don't um, bounce back. They don't. And and Puka does and he always has a smile on his face. He he's just he's so much fun. He brings so much energy to this. Uh, I kind of felt bad for him cuz he threw his uh winning touchdown football into the stands. Um which which is just funny, but like he's so happy and he's so interested and interesting. And you know, he ran, you know, he was still on the field when Sean McVay was giving his victory speech um, and giving him a game ball, and he was running through the locker room at, from the field as they were as he was saying it. So he's just he's so fun and so much fun to watch, just like Cooper Cup is. And it's just going to be crazy when those two are on the field at the same time. I, we're potentially looking at like one of the best Rams duos since Holt and Bruce. I I really do think he is potentially that special. Like I don't think people, other fan bases, have really gotten a full like breath of how special this kid is. He already has 500 yards in the season. And it's not even halfway there. No. He is on pace if he were to continue to break the single season receiving record. Now, of course, so is uh, Justin Jefferson, which is the only wide receiver ahead of him. Uh, But if you're being compared to Justin Jefferson in your rookie year and to those guys, and of course it's probably not going to maintain that pace, 
you're pretty good. And uh, you mix him with Cup, and he's going to get even more open, or Cup's going to be open. Like, you can't double cover both. And you put them both on the same side. Like, good luck trying to read those route trees. Good luck trying to predict what cuts each of them. Because they're both so good at deceiving the cornerback with their eyes, with their stance, with their technique, how they move. Yeah. And he's just learning all that from Cup. And that's why, like, I believe he's merging some of his game with what Cup is teaching him. And that's why, like, people kind of think of him as, like, a mini Cup. I'm like, yes and no. He has his own nuances uh, to his game. But, like, both of them, I think, will be able to feed off of each other. And it's going to I'm, – I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Hopefully Cup is healthy and it's <clears> going to be something to watch. Yeah, I mean, you, when you do when you have them both out there, obviously both of them aren't going to have nine catches for 160 something yards every game. Like that's just not realistic to think about. Someone's going to have the better game of the two, um, and maybe maybe it actually bounces, and maybe it gives you know Tutu Atwell or Van Jefferson um, more of a play potentially because they're going to want to focus more on Cooper Cooper Cup and uh, Puka Nakua um, on those defenses. So maybe we'll see a you know a, a resurgence of van jefferson or um you know kind of coming back from uh tutu owl over the last couple weeks um but you just you just look at puka nakua i mean 39 receptions 501 yards um in four weeks of his rookie season it's that it it doesn't happen it doesn't happen and it's happening to him so uh definitely big congratulations to him um did you see the kind of the weird thing about this rams colts game versus the last rams colts game that yeah, both, the identical stats between him and Cup. Yeah, outside of Cup. two touchdowns. Yeah, him and him and Puka, Cup and Puka had nine catches for 163 yards, and and you know, two years ago this was uh, Cooper Cup, but that's it's crazy. This is kind of a it's kind of like a chill, chill feeling, like eerie sense. Um, and then the Rams went off to win the Super Bowl, so uh, there's that to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, your annoying thing about uh, Sean McVay commenting yeah. on the media. I, I think there was Social. a lot of people. Yeah, I think there was a lot of people kind of down on them that that you know, oh, it's Sean McVay. He's he's being conservative. What is he doing? Going, you know, running the ball at you know, um, what what was it, third and third and twenty or something like that? I was like, well, number one. I mean, they're, they're trying to get into some sort of good field goal range for Mar Mayer. Um, and, you know, they're, they're trying their best to get that close. And, you know, I know we don't have the best kicker in the world, but at the same time, you don't want to risk um, putting yourself in a deeper hole or not even trying to get a field goal um, attempt there. Plus, you're also trying to run the clock. You're up 23 to zero, like, and you're in the middle of the third quarter. And, I mean, it wasn't until... I don't know, seven minutes left of the third quarter before the the Colts even scored. So, like, he's trying to milk the clock the best he can without trying to, um, you know, throw an interception or cause a fumble or something like that. So, yeah, Sean McVay is going to be kind of conservative when you have a 23-point lead, um, especially knowing that Stafford was injured in the second quarter. Um, And I didn't really notice it until the third quarter, but – um, when, when your quarterback's injured, you're, you're, you're going to be a little conservative on what you do. 
Um, and unfortunately, things just started to ravel, but they kept running the ball. I think that was the thing that everyone kept asking Sean McVay to do from the last game is just run the ball, make sure that you're keeping them honest. And he finally did that. And to, and then to come back and say, why are you running the ball? Well, that's a double standard. And you guys got to, I don't know, I'm, I'm a very hot take on this, but you know, you guys got to give him something like he's dealing with an injured uh, Stafford. They're up 23-0. I know that they started, you know, decreasing that a bit, but come on, this, this game was, this game was in their hands for, for most of the game. Um, so I thought Sean McVay played a, played a really well hand of what he could. Um, so I think it's stupid. That's my rant. Um, but I think, well, let's, let's just end the game just real or end this with, uh, Matthew Stafford, 40 attempts, 27, uh, completions, 319 yards. Uh, he did get that one interception. Um, and, uh, he was sacked twice for a loss of 16 yards. The biggest one was he kind of fell on himself and, um, that was that, that was right in front of us too, literally right in front of us and did not look good. Um, and uh, his PFF score was 72.6. Um, so, uh, oh, I did want to talk about uh, rushing real quick. So we had Kyron Williams, 25 attempts, 103 yards. Ronnie Rivers, nine attempts, 47 yards. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with 36 rushing attempts and 40, 10, 40 passing attempts. That's a 50-50 split, and most of the time that's going to win you a football game. As long as one side, or both sides are producing somewhat, it does uh, definitely help. Hey, 164 uh, yards rushing. That's for the Rams. For the Rams rushing, that's that's elite. Yeah, <laughs> coming from years past. I mean, that's pretty elite when it comes to that. Um, but like I said, our defense pretty much helped us secure that win. Well, I mean, again, um, they helped us secure that win. Obviously. The first touchdown was their fault. The second touchdown, they were put into a bad spot because of the Stafford interception. Um, but again, they 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 played really well. They Richardson only had eleven completions for two hundred yards. Yeah, we had a fumble uh, called back also, which didn't help. Uh, no, uh, I think that was holding defensive holding. So maybe people watching. Uh, the broadcast will know more like if that was good or not. But I thought the refs for the most part were fine in this game. Um, you know, I I always get a little irritated when I call like pass interference when it should have been holding because it wasn't catchable. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, they, they were better than last two games. Definitely a lot better. Yeah, I mean, as far as penalties goes, it looks like it was about even. Rams had eight penalties for 85 yards. Colts had eight penalties for 80 yards. So, um, for the most part, it was pretty pretty square um, yeah. as far as that goes. But uh, Maher, he's going to be on the he's he's going to be on the warning list for sure. Three for five. Um, he did get us a 54 and a 51 um, as of two of those. But you know, missing a 43 and a 48. Um, you know, that's something that needs to be cleaned up, uh, definitely. So, um, let me see. I was trying to see if I had anything else notes in my in my thing, but I don't think so. The O-line played 100% of the snaps. They didn't have to change anybody out. So, 
Yay. And you could tell when we have the same O-line, it's a lot better. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you want to go ahead and pivot to next week? Let's do it. So next week, week five, we're back at home in SoFi Stadium against the undefeated uh, Philadelphia Eagles with uh, Hertz Ooh. leading the pact. Uh, so this will be the second so we will have faced both undefeated teams going through week five um, left in the NFL uh, with the 49ers also on that undefeated list. Both of them coming in from the NFC. So interesting. Um, what are your thoughts about this? Do you think the Rams have a chance at, at, at this victory? I mean, yeah, we, we've been in every game uh, very easily. I would argue that we definitely should have won the 49ers game. And the Bengals game was kind of like a lot of a lot of bad luck, a lot of bad calls, and then mixed with some shooting ourselves in the foot while the rest are shooting our other foot. Like, it, that's why we lost against the Bengals. So, like, we can beat the Eagles – now, the Eagles are such a good team, you can't shoot yourself in the foot. Can't do any of that. If we do that, if we have uh, where we do have legitimate problems with O-line jumping off or getting penalties, if we have offside stuff like that and shoot ourselves in foot and get ourselves in second and long and stuff like that, we're not going to have a fun day. It's no. this is a team that if you make a mistake, they will capitalize on it and they will beat you into the ground. And I think everything on both sides, they have to execute and they have to start off hot. And if you get behind on this Eagles team, they will run it into the ground and you got to force hurts the throw. That's when he struggles. And I think yep. I I think with such a good O line like this Eagles line, it I would almost say you, you want to start off with the ball, you want to get a touchdown and have them play from behind the entire game. Uh preferably. Kind of like what the Bengals did to us. Uh we want to be even to leading the entire game because if you get behind, just with how young our team is, I, I don't know if they can really be able to claw themselves out of a hole with a team that it's ball control like the Eagles. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of break down some of the stats a little bit. So as far as the, uh, if you compare the quarterbacks go, you have Jalen hurts, who's 88 for 130, 959 yards, uh, five touchdowns and three interceptions. Uh, Stafford is 103 for 166. Uh, 1,229 yards, three TDs, and five interceptions. So we definitely know what the the difference between this team, the the Rams team is definitely more pass heavy, and the Philadelphia Eagles are a lot more run heavy. Uh, between having Jalen Hurts and then also having DeAndre Swift, um, that's where their power is going to be at, and that's what the Rams have to stop. And the problem is, is that the Rams are really bad at stopping the run. We saw that with the Colts game. I'm not sure why the Colts didn't run it more because they were more successful running the ball than they were throwing the ball. Um, but uh, it this kind of gave us – this Colts game did give us a little bit of insight on how we can try to contain Hurts um, and kind of try to contain the run game a little bit. This was the test. 
because that's what the Colts are kind of doing right now. They are a more of a, they, they should be at least more of a run style um, offense than they are a pass style offense. So uh, this was our test. We passed the test just barely. We did, but passed the test that we could um, be elite and we, we could, you know, slow down this, this Philadelphia Eagles team um, rushing. DeAndre Swift has 59 carries, 364 yards, two touchdowns to Kyron Williams, 64 carries, but only 245 downs, but he does have all, he does have five of our touchdowns. Um, so we're really good at punching it in the nose in the, in the red zone. So that's good. Um, and then no one can touch Puka Nakua, not even AJ Brown uh, with 29 receptions, 414 yards and two touchdowns. So that was kind of a quick synopsis of that. Well, they, they also have Devontae Smith, which is, um, kind of what like if you're a Rams fan that's what you want to 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 kind of become that kind of quick agile uh you know potentially uh, maybe slot guy if cut if they ever want to move cup outside mm-hmm. uh but yeah I I mean um really awesome weapons Dallas Goddard monster of a tight end he's gonna give us you're gonna have problems everywhere and I think the defense this is a game that you want to ask them to keep the Eagles down below like 24 points. That's a win. A 20, even 27. The offense, if we're going to win, we have to score 30. Uh, I would be very shocked, Zach, if we end up beating the Eagles lower than 30 points. Yeah, and, I mean, but, but this is a test. It, it, it's a test. But you look at so you let's look at their schedule. So the so the Eagles have pay, they beat the Patriots week one, 25 to 20. The Patriots not looking great. But you know, they they the only Patriots pay, aren't they only, looking great. Right. But the Patriots were able to put 20 points on them and hold them to 25 points. Then you yeah. have the Vikings next. They won 34 to 28. Still a one score game. Um Buccaneers. 25 to 11 that was the outliner that they that they you know they scored a lot more points than the other team but then yesterday or this this past weekend's game against the washington commanders 34 to 31 they were losing that game for majority of it too i think they were i think it was a defensive uh i think they got a defensive touchdown that helped boost them back up um either to even or to to exceed even so i mean you know I always say this. I, I'm this is probably my mantra on every week's podcast. But every team is beatable. Um, you know that includes when the Bengals had an injured, you know, Burrow. The Rams are always beatable. Every team is beatable. Uh, you just got to find their weakness and be able to not show off your weakness. Um, so I think the Rams do have a good chance at this game. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's going to come down to is McVeigh going to continue to run the ball or are we going to be successful in running the ball? Um, will we have Cooper Cup back? Will that kind of help, um, you know, spread the, the wealth a little bit and spread the defenders out so that we can make bigger plays and um, get down the field faster and uh, control the clock more? Yeah, and uh, I think potentially out of their uh, schedule, if you look at it, like we probably have the best receiving core. Uh, Like commanders, 
yeah, you have Debo Samuel, uh, or not Debo Samuel, sorry, Curtis Samuel. You have, like, Curtis Samuel, you have Scary Terry. Like, it, Terry's really good, but, like, no one else has, like, jumped up to a high caliber like Tutu and Puka have. Uh, the Vikings, like, Osborne is okay. He kind of gives me a lot of Van Je- Jefferson vibes. Uh, of course, you have Justin Jefferson, but that's one person, him and TJ Hawkinson. Uh, but I think between having Higby, Tutu, Puka, and Cup, like, best wide receiver, like, best catching core the Eagles have gone against uh, all year. And Darius Lee and company, they're going to have a lot to uh, kind of cover uh, this this week. Uh, it, so the, the big thing will be, can the line stop that monster defensive front of the uh, Eagles? They have a lot of youth on that front that hasn't really gelled, and you kind of seen that throughout this, uh, these first few games for the Eagles. So hopefully it doesn't happen during our game, and our line can keep Stafford relatively uh, clean. Because, you know, like you said, Zach, anything can happen, and Stafford in a clean pocket, he's dicing up defenses, man, dicing them up, and he has the tools to do it. Yeah, and we, we didn't even talk about how tough Stafford is. I mean, that guy plays through everything, and, you know, he, he last – I mean, you know me. I was at the – when we were at the Colts game, I kept saying they need to pull him out. Like, he just didn't look good. He looked like he was barely hanging in there. And, you know, I, I mean, honestly, we didn't, we didn't know what kind of injury it was. Uh, we were assuming no. some sort of leg, foot, you know. I thought late ankle. because I saw um, him openly limping. Yeah, and so apparently it was a hip, and that must have hurt. Like, geez, Louise. Um, but that guy, that dude is tough. His team knows he's tough. Uh, this team wants to play for that guy. Um, and that's how that's why I see this team doing well this year is because this team is this is a we not me team. And it Matthew Stafford shows it. Alt Puka shows it. Cooper Cup has shown it. Kyrie Williams for sure has shown it. You know, going through some I mean, not saying that he's gone through diversity, but at the same time, like he's had to be in this, this weird kind of quasi relationship thing with, with Cam Akers for two years. Um, and then having to, you know, pick up the pieces from when that, that, that fallout eventually happened. Um, so again, mentally tough team, this team is, and I think that, you know, they can go up against the best. And if you can hang with 49ers, if you can hang with the Bengals, if you can beat this, the uh, Seahawks, and then you can come in and beat the, the Colts, I mean, that was definitely a tougher four weeks. I mean, even though, yes, Bengals were kind of beat up. But, I mean, realistically, this was a tougher four weeks than the Eagles have had in four weeks. Yeah, and if the Rams can get a win against the Eagles, uh, we're starting three stretch of home games. If we can get this win, I, I really do think that's this team announcing to the NFL, we're contenders this year. We're, we are for real. Uh, they have to go out there and, like we said, execute. It's not going to be an easy game. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what they got. And uh, if it's a close game, even then, uh, I think, like you said, uh, they're not going to be easy out for any team. And hopefully we can get that win and go the three and two. And I think we can start a run because our, our games can't really get much harder, Zach. Uh, from this stretch 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, I know you love predictions. Do you want to give a prediction? Give our East Coast Rams uh, prediction. 27-24 Eagles. Okay. Well, you have it. I'm going to say the Rams win, uh, but I say that every week. So you can trust me or not. That's just how this that's how my podcast goes, or this is how our podcast goes. I get to make my own decisions, and I'm going to say the Rams win. Um, yeah, so I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the East Coast Rams podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. Uh, obviously, you can find us at our Twitter handles or our X handles, whatever you want to call it, here below. You can find us on threads. You can find us on Instagram. Um, have, doing a lot more on Instagram, too, so please follow us there. Um, all of our stuff can be found at eastcoastrams.com. Uh, please like, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube Music, wherever you want um, to listen to your uh, audio podcasts. And then please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at eastcoastrams. Uh, we're, we're growing a great community here. Um, getting to meet all of you guys at these Rams fans, at these Rams games is just awesome. Putting faces in you know, just randomly walking into people on the street is just so cool. Um, and, and what a great experience this has been. And just, just this podcast is just growing just because we're growing the community of Rams fans. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty ecstatic about that. Ashton, anything else you want to say before we, we wrap up? No, uh, just a quick thanks to everyone. We did get to meet, we talked to, uh, sorry if we didn't name you. A lot of fun guys. I'm looking forward to potentially going to the Ravens game uh, later this year. Uh, last uh, two years ago uh, when I went there, it was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely recommend if you're in the D.C. area, uh, try to go out and support the Rams there. And uh, hopefully it's for a playoff push, Zach. Yes, let's hope so. Or maybe we secure the – we've already secured the playoff. So, uh, uh, so that would be cool too. Um, yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for this week. Let's hope that we get a Rams victory at home in SoFi Stadium against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. And, uh, yeah, whose house? Rams house. <laughs>